0: think like it all same this is
1: love I think I everybody welcome to the 440 guitar podcast I am your host Jarrell thank you so much for tuning up you can guess the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anchor.fm forward slash uh, 440. Be sure to follow the podcast as well on Instagram at the 440 Guitar Podcast to get updates on the episodes coming out. And also, uh, if you have any questions, if you know of an artist that I can speak to, be sure to you send me an email at the 440podcast at gmail.com. You can send me a direct message on Instagram, or you can even leave me a voicemail going to anchor.fm forward slash 440 leave me a voicemail i would appreciate that if you'd like to i was able to speak to a great artist uh, that way as well so be sure to do that if you would like to do so uh today i am very excited to speak to this artist one is because it's it, this is a good friend of mine that i've known for almost 20 years now um which makes me feel very old but I've had the pleasure of uh knowing him and seeing him get involved musically and to take a a very important musical journey that um I'm really excited to to dive into um and uh recently was able to run into him uh when I was uh going into a music session in LA and lo and behold we were in the same (laughs) same space and uh definitely um was a very beautiful moment and uh excited to speak to to this artist multi talented has some albums out and looking forward to speak to him. 440 guitar podcast. How do you what what's your what's your uh what your artist uh artist name?
0: Uh, let's see, uh Space Monk. You can find me as Yarid. Yeah. And uh coming up we might be trying a new one too. Someone's gotta stop me. <laughs> all right so my good friend yard how you doing man i'm doing pretty good man it's great to see you.
1: yeah it's great to see you as well i uh definitely um thank you for taking the time to do this as well you know i think it's just a great opportunity to not only just kind of share your uh your thought process on a lot of this a lot of this stuff but also um you know i guess just kind of digging more into just musically and and now I know we were at one point in time we we're kind of all learning the the instrument around the same time and kind of taking stuff and you know seeing our friends play like Brian guthrie <laughs> pretty crazy <laughs> you know or he was on uh he was on episode on this podcast about uh, uh, transitions too, because he played bass for me on that. But I just remember at one point where you're just like, we won. We're like, God, that guy Brian plays great. Like, you know, and then we're like, well, we just all learning. I'll learn, you know, start learning. And um, really cool experience there. So, um, one thing I tend to ask all of uh, my artists here on the 440 Guitar Podcast, a uh, big fan of, of origin stories, how people get to where they are today uh so let's dive into it because i know we'll have a good conversation here but tell me about your um talk to me about your earliest memories in music
0: sure um the earliest memory of music that i can go back to was really it was a moment it wasn't it was a moment that probably was a loop like it happened multiple times but for me this is the one i remembered it was late um the living room was open my dad was probably on his computer and I'd have this tape of, uh, I didn't know his name at the time. I was like three, maybe four. Oh, wow. I, didn't, I wasn't in school yet. It was uh, this artist, Yusu Endor. Um, and I'd ask my parents, you know what he's saying? I'm, they'd be like, no, there's lots of languages in Africa. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but it would be him performing live. And uh, it was one of those tapes back in the day. If you recorded a performance, you'd have a tape yeah. with multiple stuff on it. Mm. So like, I'd have to fast forward through the bits that had nothing to do with the performance till I got to it. So once I'd find it, I'd have my plastic drum, and I'd just bang on it. And uh, yeah, that was it. Nice, nice. Wow. So
1: as far as like growing up, when it came to music, did your did your parents listen to, to music on the regular in the house?
0: Yeah, especially my dad. He'd have his records or his CDs or music that he'd be playing from around the world and through time. Um, my mom did, too. You know, I was with her a lot during the day, so we'd be listening to, like, 94.7 The Waves. Ah, yes. If you know what that is, <laughs> smooth jazz and, like, some R&B from the 90s and 80s. Yeah. um, Lots of uh, Kenny G covers of Voice <laughs> men song, And that was, like, Coast 103.5, so that would be, like, a lot of, like, smoother, like, um, R&B, like, relaxing music. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that played a role in the music that I love because I had a, a broad range in music taste um, because of them um, in my earlier years. Okay, nice, nice, wow. Yeah, I remember ninety the ninety four
1: point seven, the wave. That's my dad's favorite station, and, and we would always my my parent, my mom, and my brother and I, we'd always like first roll our eyes like, oh my god, this again. <laughs> yeah,
0: because by the time we were in middle school, so like by like to the year two thousand. They would, they had already played every new song they were ever going to play. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> I know new music Let's do it really again, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, we're we'll doing it again. Same time. It was almost like a, you know, let me not say that, but, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, my dad, he would play, like, music from the 70s, like, Curtis Mayfield. Uh, nice. Uh, Barry White was another one. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, and, you know, music from around the world, like, Indian music, I couldn't tell you who they were. Like, yeah. That's why I, why I listened to and Do mm. um, Even though my parents both loved them, but my dad had uh, a taste for for music. Did he have a Did he have like a vinyl collection? He did, but I think by the time we came around, he had it around with him. But he'd play them, but he'd be mainly listening to like um like maybe CDs. And uh, you know there was this other station. My dad would play ninety point seven KPFK. Mm. Another foundational station for me where they'd play like on Sundays they'd play it was either Sundays or probably Saturday afternoons they'd play world music oh, okay. around the world like af- no African music really okay, so then that would be when my dad would be playing Saturday afternoons like after cartoons Saturday one Saturday morning all that stuff was done around noon mm. um played a lot of great music and um later in life uh when I started listening to more hip hop they they had a radio station on Friday nights oh nice and, uh, I used to listen to a lot of Mm, forgot the name, but um, that was a big one. I know you were a big musical influence for me too. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. had a lot of music that you introduced me to.
1: Man, that's funny. Yeah, because I, I just, it's weird because the first I was talking about this earlier in my um, it was like episode twenty six where I, like Dominic interviewed myself. <laughs> but I remember the first album I bought was Trapped, that rock band. I okay. <laughs> bought nice. it from Walmart and because i used to steal my brother's cds a bunch he would have like the you know music soul child i just was saying so that's how i that's how i found out about that album first time yeah you know and a bunch of other r&b stuff and i was just like and i am like get your own music you know you know <laughs> the, the siblings you know stuff is so i ended up uh i bought the trapped album the first time and then the second thing was Russia blood to the head oh, incredible. coldplay and then it just went back down but yeah it's weird because like I find it really interesting when it comes to like music being played in the house, because I feel like for my family, we didn't really do that that much, but like me and my brother, we would make it a point to do it. Cause one, yeah. we, we would live in, like the same room. We'd have two beds, you know, bug bed that put together, you know, and the, and the radio was, at the end of the middle of the room, right? So we would listen to you know, uh listen to k nine nine one and right. record stuff off tapes and stuff like that and um and then like if we had to wash dishes or some nonsense, you know what I mean, before my parents get home, oh, like we would want music so
0: I remember a few songs when I was over at your place, like in the high school days, but I remember when I got my MP3 player, that's when you'd be coming through to school with CDs that I could burn onto my MP3 player. Yeah. Must have been yours, your yeah. your brothers. Yeah. That's where I was listening to Jimi Hendrix. Oh, nice. All the boys to men. <laughs> I'm sure music soul child. Just like so much music goes introduced, cause ladies and gentlemen listening to this. We didn't have Spotify. We had to like. <laughs> exactly. That was a revolution when Crate I got by.
1: the last. <laughs> <laughs> right. We had to find the shit and play it. We didn't have it. You know? It didn't exist.
0: <laughs> and you know, and if you wanted music, you really had to community-wise, like communicate with people and see what you're into and like trade CDs yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, one musical influence that you mentioned your sibling, I'd be full fool if I got, forgot my sister. That was the X103.9 influence. Oh, okay. Talking about Blink-182. Oh, uh, offspring, classic, even, classic but stuff. Foo Fighters, like all that alternative rock stuff, like um, P- Smashing Pumpkins, like nice. that was where that came from.
1: Nice. It's funny how how siblings can influence you that way. I was I was talking too about I was talking to this about um some artists that I've been working with, but because I I went I started to buy some CDs again. Like I like mm-hmm. to go to Amoeba in L.A. where they have vinyls and CDs and whatnot, and The listening, I forgot how the listening experience is so different when you're listening to a dedicated vinyl tape or CD, just because it's like, you don't have the luxury to skip to whatever else you want to listen to, like a streaming platform. So like, I remember buying, um, what's the guitarist name? Uh, I can't think, uh, Grant Grant Green i bought 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 him he's amazing he's one of my favorite guitar players um i remember buying a cd it was a live cd but it was like top to bottom like i was like listening to it top to bottom but i was just like man like this is such a different experience because i feel like i'm honed in to the music and it's like No, you can't listen to just randomly something else. Like This is what you have. Either you play it or you take it out, you put something else in. You know what I mean? And I feel like we're just so spoiled today as people that are listening to music and then obviously like the distribution and like how you know the how people get paid is completely different too but just just in just in general with the listening experience like i don't even think people have the same attention span if they bought a cd and put it in like they probably take it out to the first two tracks
0: (laughs) hey because i'll tell you even myself like i'll be listening to music and it'd be like um Like, even not before the song is done, I'll be in a mode where I just want to hear it. Now I want to hear this other song that I want to listen to. And I don't even finish that song. There's another song I want to listen to. So it's like a kid in a candy store not even finishing, like, his handfuls he's got from the bins. Yeah,
1: that's how I'm driving, you know? Like, I'll just, like, I want to play a bunch of stuff. And my wife's like, you're driving. Can you... Like, either right. find, a, find an album, put something on Shuffle, or I'm going to put my phone on Bluetooth.
0: <laughs> Definitely. You know, fortunately, the, the um, I won't say its name, um, but the, the service that I use, like, they make great playlists. Mm. So they got some great playlists based off my listening, the different patterns. Oh, yeah. Algorithms yeah. and all that. Yeah, so it's like those have me covered. Like, they're introducing me to stuff, they're introducing me to music that I liked but forgot about. It's like, man, this song is great, I'm gonna like this, but I see you already liked it. (laughs) You're like, oh, they know me, (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) So it's like, you know, so hilarious,
1: yeah, because I I feel like, um, before I, I continue with uh, just kind of your progression towards you being becoming a musician, um. I feel like I feel like when it comes to like Google like Google Music back in the day and then listening to YouTube Music I feel like their algorithms are so much better for me because they they have my old stuff which they can make playlists with um and they just recommend just so many better things for me even when it comes to like new releases because when i go to spotify new releases it's like they don't even know me i'm like who is that why do i care about- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why right. do i care about them like that makes zero sense you know but when i go to youtube music i'm like oh that's oh sweet i want to check that out i'm like damn you know it's like part of me wants to just go to youtube music exclusively but their their user interface is terrible Pretty unique, <laughs> yeah
0: no it's funny it's like every music service is like its own tamagotchi pet that you have to raise from the beginning <laughs> exactly. and you have to feed it the songs that you like like here <laughs> no know me no know me
1: <laughs> no you're 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 100% right you're 100% right this yeah. is wild um so when did you when did you first when did you first like decide to to learn uh your first instrument whether it be guitar or piano when 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 did that happen for you
0: i was around 16 Avid listener to music, you know, uh, at that point. But um, I don't think I had the self-confidence to think that I could. So the first time I put a guitar in my hand and just strummed around with it, from, for my origin story, it was for a, a Relay for Life, 24 hours on the track, where you walk around it and oh, raise wow. money for cancer research. So it was at Redlands, Redlands East Valley High School. It was either morning, night, I don't remember, but Brian Guthrie yeah. had his guitar. Okay um essentially my guitar hero (laughs) and he like started playing so I picked up the guitar and I started you know messing around and then one of the ladies that worked at the career center from one of the clubs I forgot I was a part of compact or something like that she walked around and I said oh yeah she said oh you play and I'm like oh yeah I can play and then in my mind it was like well you know I was like I was just playing around but then when I actually didn't play she was disappointed and then in my mind I'm like she actually thought I could play and that flipped a switch in my head. Okay. But then I put the guitar down, didn't think about it. A month later, my my buddy Steve, Steve, uh, I don't know if you remember him, Steve Reese from high school. Yeah. He pulled up, he was going to bring his bootleg copy of King Kong and his and his uh modded Xbox, and then it was going to be fun. Yeah. And then he said he started playing guitar. He said he was going to bring it over, and I said, "No, man, just leave it. Just bring King Kong and the Xbox." <laughs> <laughs>
1: We don't need you distracted. It's his brain. You said you're going to bring
0: the essentials. It. <laughs> he brought it anyway. He started teaching me some chords, and mm. then I was like kind of hooked. Didn't even pay attention to King Kong. Yeah. It was the Peter Jackson one, mm. and it just came out. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, my dad saw how into it I was, and I was playing through the, the calluses. Like I was just so amped up on it. Wow. He saw I was into something other than video games, which up until that point was like, my primary obsession outside of music um so he got me a guitar that night which is out of character you know because you know for anything like we don't have the money for it we don't have the money for it so he got me a guitar that night i was very peculiar wow but he has seen that it was something other than video games so he saw that as an opportunity to pounce maybe he thought if i lost the fire i'd be back to video
1: games
0: (laughs) so i just kept practicing and and i just was obsessed and then you know grades dropped a little bit like i remember one time i was going into a a math test yeah uh, and uh and then it was lunchtime and i'm sitting there right before lunch ends. i'm going into math and you would ask me like how are you feeling about your test and i'm like i'm fucked I just knew it, yeah. but the, you know, and that's coming. I, mean, I get like Bs and As in math prior to that, but my my priorities had focused. Had, my priorities had shifted mm. and focused. I was it, I wasn't incorrect in saying that. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. So, who were? Um, can you
1: recall some other uh, when you're when you were on this journey with guitar? Can you, can you recall some other at that time frame? Some other musicians that continued to. uh uh, motivates you to continue to play. So during that time, like did, did, did when did you dive into like the, the Hendrix and all those guys down where down the road?
0: When you shared that CD with me prior yeah. to starting playing guitar. Mm. So that's how I knew of Jimi Hendrix. Listen to his music, I mean I knew of him, but yeah. I yeah. didn't have anyone around me to, to share it because I'm first generation Ethiopian. Mm. Right? So there's no like uncles or aunts that's gonna share music so child oh. or older siblings that's gonna share Notice how my music references were really coming from radio when my dad was playing. True. You know what I mean? True. And what my friends were sharing with me. Um but um Can you repeat the question? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it was a tragic, <laughs> tragic.
1: Can you repeat the question?
0: <laughs> Shout out, Dave Chappelle.
1: Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, cause you know what what I found really interesting, uh, or just just, just great, you know, as far as you know, your progression in learning, I thought, was pretty fast. You know what I mean? I think you were starting to really get the hang of, um, like, phrasing and stuff like that and, like, chords and whatnot, like, on a pretty pretty solid basis. Did you did you dive into George Benson or anything like that? Because I remember, I know I you used to, do you saw that signature, uh, Ibanez? I don't know if it was a George Benson one, but.
0: Yeah, I did. I left it in this room during COVID. I had spent time in Relance, took care of my parents so it got like water damage humidity oh, because it's a pretty wet room i had to get the humidifier mm. that's why i leave my guitars in the cases oh okay um but um so i still have it yeah i still have it okay but i probably have taken to a shop see if it's still gonna be okay but yeah did you did you uh i'm assuming you dive into this
1: music is that how it motivated as far as that signature or did it just happen to be a george benson ibanez is it George? No, I don't think it was. Was not? okay. And for some the, reason, for some court, reason yeah. I I thought um you dived oh. into the rabbit hole George Benson like I did during that time because when you started diving into jazz I feel like you yeah. dived into jazz a lot earlier than like the average guitar player that usually like the 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 arc is like punk rock blues and then it goes to jazz <laughs>
0: <You> know, <laughs> skips a lot of things you know i learned you know. the songs that i like that's how my friend steve that's how he learned okay so he was teaching me songs like i was learning metallica yeah taking out guitar solos i was punching way above my weight class that's something that i've always done and it's kind of a bit of delusion that it allowed me to think that i could play these songs and to go for it and uh, i think maybe that helped me get uh better but I don't know, once I found music, it was kind of like a burning focus. I
1: remember you learned classical gas really quickly. Yeah. I remember when you learned that. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know, I have (laughs) a lot,
0: man. I'm only saying this for the podcast. I don't mean to flex, but I was like three months in. I wasn't playing it clean, obviously. But, like, I was just, I'm telling you, when I I say I had this burning, like, this burningness to, like, get better, like, to just play and just, like, it was like, you know, I didn't really have anything to focus my energy into that was creative or creating Video games, you can focus your energy and attention into it, but you're not creating, you're inputting, but not really outputting anything. Yeah, I still play video games for inspiration, just enjoyment, so I'm not dissing. But yeah, when I finally had an opportunity to put energy in, get something out, and then see how I put in more energy and I get more out, then it becomes this feedback loop. And then it wasn't until I started talking to this one girl I was into after graduation hmm. that my... Guitar fell off for like a few months. Oh, okay, so I started to see how. um That's the main weapon right there, man.
1: <laughs> you know that's unless what she it, played too, they're like, oh. Fun.
0: So it focused me. If maybe focused me more, but then I started to talk to her, and then we started hanging out. Then I started to like not care. About right, guitar. right. It's like
1: you longed away a little bit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad I saw that arc happen early on because I, you know, you know. Let's say that there was potential for that to happen again. And then I flashed back to that moment. Cause I'll tell you, I had another moment during quarantine. If we can flash forward, if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where, cause I say that because that's when I kind of had that feeling again, towards the beginning of quarantine, I was been kind of dissatisfied with my guitar playing, had a lot of time to hang out at home. So, you know, you can think and then whatever. So I want to get really good. I want to get really good overnight. So there goes that delusion again. So I had stayed up all night searching for the answers online, like, what's going to break me out of this, like, intermediate purgatory? Like, how come I'm doing the same stuff every time, dissatisfied? And I found one thing, and I practiced it all night, and I already tell the way he wrote it, too many words, too mm-hmm. fluffy language, yeah. and then he only had maybe five minutes worth of, of truth that he stretched out to, like, 30 minutes to an hour or five. <laughs> but I got that that piece of it... <laughs> <laughs> And then by morning time, I did not become the great guitar player <laughs> I wanted. You. Mind you, this is a thirty-some-year-old man that has these delusions like a child, oh, right? That wow. by morning I could be this great. But, um, but I'll tell you, one year after, because I played like a demon, like how much I'd played. But you know, yeah. not to be like a demon, you know. But anyway, I Robert played. Johnson. It. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I sold my soul to God on that, <laughs> way. and then I got some. I got some divine inspiration. But um, a year later, I'll tell you that I did. I did get better than I imagined, but still not the guitar god that I was. But, you know, what I wanted to be overnight, I got to places I didn't know could be in a year. Yeah. But I, I saw what sustained practice could do. And to just finish my point, something that I was one of the biggest parts that, that I was missing that I thought, like, how come I can't get out of this yeah. intermediate thing was I didn't practice at all. <laughs> I just used my guitar as a way to like produce music. Yeah. I didn't practice or learn new things or music there i didn't do any of that so it was like yeah that was why i was there <laughs>
1: that's a that's a that's interesting that you you mentioned that because i remember having these constant hurdles too as far as like i feel like a lot of it for me was like when you're learning when you're learning your um yourself you know you don't have the instruction of like okay what's the next lesson or unit that would that will create a whole different advanced concept that I can learn. It's like you kind of just like figure it out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, like I pra- like, you know, the, the practice thing definitely I think it was something for me too. And then also it was like, practice what? What do I practice first? What's yeah. the next step? And then, like, I'll get bored when I start practicing one thing. Um, and I remember having like hurdles, I'm like, fuck, like, what's the next thing? And then I remember. When, like, A Beacon of Light, I forgot what I was reading because I bought bought so many guitar books, man. I bought so many guitar books where I thought that they would have the answers and I looked through it. And I didn't like, like, say, like, the patterns of scales. I didn't like the patterns of scales. I said, that hurts. That that they chose, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that hurts. I'm not doing that. Yeah. You know? um, But then when I came across the diatonic scale and that stuff, that's where I was, like, this is comfortable it makes sense it's in formal positions five positions for the most part um and that's what, like kickstarted but it's interesting having those hurdles and it's it's almost like scary too, being like a self-taught guitarist where it's just like okay what do i do now when you hit that hurdle because it's like yeah. you, you always hear a certain artist where they say just play what you want to play like Like i like i'm like i'm left-handed so left-handed guitars guitars weren't really that available so i learned right-handed so i almost had a i almost was kind of like uh, your first
0: guitar was right-handed yeah that was my fault (laughs) i don't know if you recall what, what? Oh, you will have to refresh. Me and Clayton got you that guitar. I think Jeff might have put into it too for your birthday. Oh yeah, well, to guitar center to grab it. But I wasn't yeah. even. We was probably just so hype we gave you the guitar. <laughs> no, that <laughs> I wasn't was even a, thinking that, about a left or right. That was a
1: be- That was a beautiful gift. No, I, I definitely appreciate that from y'all. No, yeah, and I just, I just, I was like, let me just learn right handed, and I almost had like, uh, I don't know if self-esteem is the right word, but. I was worried that the fact that I chose to learn right-handed and that it wasn't my dominant hand, that it wouldn't be as good of a guitar player. Mm-hmm. So like, I was just like, man, like, but I knew that me being left-handed, what I'm playing and how I'm playing it mm-hmm. from a texture standpoint, the fretboard was very different and unique. So it was like, there's a point of contention where I had to kind of like accept certain things, you know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of, kind of an
0: interesting, uh, that's the best way like working through your limitations like yeah. there's this guitar player I forget his name but I hear his song in my ear right now in his music video which was so beautiful he's like a like a folk and he's singer kind of thing um amazing anyway but he has some type of crippling hand disease so where his hand like when he's seen the video it's kind of like a, a oh. kind of more like hooked over so he had limitations in how he could play oh. but because of that he plays in a particular way mmm Mm. And through that, he plays like how he plays. Right. So, um, right. So you know, I mean, we I mean, and that is what creation is at the end of the day is working with your limitations. Yeah. Not against them. Right. You know, because right. it's kind all you have to work it. with. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, because I think I think too of like uh, you're you're heard of uh, Eric Gales. Eric Gales, no. He he's he's left handed. Well, he plays left handed, but the guitar is upside down at the same time. Wow. And the 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 like he, like how he plays these chords and he strums up instead of strumming down. Like he's he's an, he's he's an insane guitar player. But then I read somewhere where it says like. Like, no, like he just chose to play that way. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like he was just limited, like kind of like, say like Jimi Hendrix then, where like there was real limitations on like finding the guitar and like he's like, well, I'll just learn left hand, You know, like I'm left-handed, I'll just play this one, I'll flip it over- upside down. Yeah. Like he just learned that way because his brother learned that way. Mm. So you got so you got guys like him and Mono Neon. He's another guy who plays upside down. I didn't know. Bass, it. yeah, he's nuts too. Yeah, he um, plays a
0: very particular way.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. He used to be Prince's uh bass player. Yeah, he
0: was the last bass player to work with Prince right. before he passed. Right. As far as I know. Hopefully I can get him on the show one day. But yeah,
1: yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh back to you back to you and your journey. So th- this question I wanna ask that kind of dives into where, you know, there is a point. As far as, like, you know, we were both living our lives and on our own journeys. You went to UCI, right? Um, and I, you got connected with a lot of different artists there, am I I'm not
0: mistaken? Or what was your what was your music journey like in college? Well, towards the end, I kind of, like, put it away because when I, uh, right before I went to college, I had started talking to that to that girl. And we were hanging out and all that. So then I started playing less guitar. And then I went out to college. I already kind of set the standard of playing even less, even though I brought it with me. But, you know, focus on study. And even though, like, I didn't even focus on study. And it was just, like, a, another thing that I disliked, but I had to just, like, put up with. And it wasn't until the end that I got back into music. Got my first internship towards the end of my fourth year. And I hated it. And um, lived a whole lifetime. Because I had worked there towards the summer. And because I disliked it full time, I hated all parts of it. I made more money, so then I was... Buy more stuff because, like you know, I work this shit I don't like. So I might as well <laughs> buy some shit that I like. Yeah, and that put me in debt because I also had a credit card. Oh, this shit, I got a job, I can pay for it. <laughs> I said that all summer, and I got myself in debt. So that forced me to work the job through the year. I had to pay off that debt. So I was at that place that I hated not just the three months, but the year. And I still have dreams about that place. Like I have recurring dreams about places like school or places that I spent a lot of time at or emotional content. I couldn't tell you, but. That was a place I disliked. Last dream I had there was pretty lit though. I, I think maybe I'm breaking bad again, but um, I bring that up to say. Why did I bring up what the question again? Was? Oh, just what your, what your experience with music uh, in college. Right. So that's why. So after I was done with that, I realized, <laughs> thank you. I realized that I had to get back to what I wanted to do, something different. I was either going to be, like, stand-up comedy, making sketches. I had to, like, do something different because I did not want that to be my life. Um, by chance, I was back at the house in Redlands. My sister was there, too. Must have been a holiday. I had a drum set set up, one that I bought from you a few years prior, like a first-act drum set. You sold it to me for, like, 60 bucks. So I set it up in my room, and I was going at it. And then I decided to make a fake album. And then so I was rapping while my, I was playing drums, and it was just just being dumb and silly. So. Made it. My sister was there with me. I guess she made it too. I'm pretty sure she was in there hitting some type of drums or something. Put guitar, sang on it. And then again, I released it. And then my classmates in school, they're like kind of disappointed I didn't take it more seriously. Mm. So I was like, oh, y'all thought I could do this. (laughs) (laughs) So again, it was just like having to get past this uh, fear mentality or me telling myself no or not believing that I could do this. And having to see that their their, their disappointment meant that they had expectations of it being something. So then, from then on, I got bit by the bug again. And I was, that's all I wanted to do was make music. Didn't want to do nothing else. Started finding like-minded people at school. Again, very delusional about where it could be, where I was trying to go. I was trying to build a brand and learn how to make music at the same time, which I see the follies in it, you know. Um, You know, I wanted to be an identity or like a person making music that releases music. When really I could have been honing my craft, but I'm not mad at the path that I took. It maybe took a a little bit longer but um uh, so that that was that uh, you know learning how to kind of work with people kind of brand stuff release stuff was a big part of it and like i said i didn't practice guitar like that you know i was learning keys i was learning how to i was just really experimenting in all types of ways as i look at it now it's like a kid play time but i took it very seriously with the utmost of seriousness um but you know through that journey over the 5 6 years until i started making music that now i might say is a little bit tighter but I would be learning how to play keys and on that I'd be making a project at the same time. And then as I'm learning stuff, then I'm then I'm putting it on there. Guitar, I might be learning stuff, putting it on there. Learning how to like sing a little bit better, put it on there. But um it's all been a process. It's all been a, a, a long process. I think um that was like a decision I made in twenty twelve was to start making music after I did that project with my sister. Maybe actually the summer of twenty eleven. And here we are, twenty twenty three. So it's been a long arc and I and I think you know, not to get too far ahead into the timeline. Um, everything is starting to make a little bit more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Because I was going to say too, um,
1: your, your, uh, music on, uh, SoundCloud. I mean, you got a pretty decent, pretty decent following and pretty, some pretty solid numbers. You know what I mean? Like that's really cool
0: stuff. Thank you, man. That you know, I've seen, you know. and um... That was something that kind of messed up my musical progression, too, at the same time. Really? Also- yeah, because um, I was just talking about the other day because I was listening to Maxwell's latest project. Not the latest, but Black Summer's Night, the first one he put out. Oh, yeah. Some great drumming in there because lately I've been trying to get better at drumming. Um, there's more delusion in that story. Again, maybe I'll, I'll tell it. But <laughs> I think that's the recurring cycle of me doing new things. It begins with visions of grandeur and <laughs> then humbling. And then actually going through the process, but um, so I was listening to that. But anyway, I, I did a couple of remixes off of uh, Maxwell. First one I did, it was very authentic how I did it. I was like in the on the way to work, and I was in a vibe of making music. I was making music in my car. I have moments of creative enlightenment, we'll say, where I'm making music everywhere and it's feeling natural. And other moments of like creative dearth, where there's nothing. And sometimes that affects me negatively. And other times I'm just living life and I don't care. But um. Anyway, I made these uh, a remix. I put it up. Did great numbers. I'm like, man, this is great. Now, oh, someone go get more of these numbers. It was like a drug. So then it was like, okay. So now I'm making more remixes, trying to make something in the same vein. Oh, it's not hidden like that one did. Oh man, I got this blog's not posting or this person's not reposted it. So just really like getting in my own way of instead of just embracing the naturalness of how that happened, right? Trying to recreate it or now like trying to, you know.
1: not letting it it drive you musically or it's just letting things be how
0: they are. You know, I really value my derailments inside of my music art because it, it, because I, it it makes you value the way. And I think that's always, you got to derail and get back on Yeah, for a reason you you derail until you learn something and then you get back on. And now maybe your path is a little bit stronger or at the very least you're back on the path. But that was one of my many derailments. (laughs) I can firmly say like, you know, but, um, but a great lesson to learn nonetheless. But I think that, I mean, I
1: really feel that that is a, I think that is a lesson in musicianship that tends to happen quite often. You know, like I think of uh, like John Coltrane, for example, where he was on heroin and Daisy Gillespie fired him from the, from the group. And I think that was before him coming back to make a love Supreme, Mm -hmm. which is like one of the greatest jazz albums of all time. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think the story, I think there's so many stories of, Derailment, you know, and kind of coming back, I think is it's 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 almost like a crucial experience to take in, you know what I mean?
0: You know, narratively speaking, um, um, I think, uh, you know, it it kind of feels like the hero's journey, yeah. To a bit, you kind of have to leave home, go on this. I don't know it beat by beat, but just the general idea of it, and you know, coming back home after you like Unforgiven. Like cl- cl- oh, that's one
1: of the examples I think of. Clean, mm-hmm. clean slate. So it's unforgiven. I got to see that one. Yeah, yeah. I know that story is. I think exactly what you're saying. Exactly okay. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to watch it. What did he do? He had to kill somebody. Or something. <laughs> yeah, he. <had> to
0: get- <laughs> yeah, it's like he I'm had like. To, no. He had to get even, Jack. Yeah, yeah. That's I think. exactly what I went through. Yeah,
1: yeah. He had to get Yeah,
0: see down that's and out. True. Had to. Had to get his strength back and. Come back and take down some dudes. Yo, I, there's probably some some varmints in this town. He had to take care of mad varmints. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad varmints. Shout out to Clint you. Eastwood. I guess
1: um, <laughs> I released that movie. I like that movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I I was curious to talk about um, you talked about just your your you know obviously I share the same sentiment too, your um, how passionate you are about Prince. You know what I mean, And um, I feel like he holds a special place in our heart, especially being musicians and seeing how the extent of his musicianship and and everything, which is like the highest level you can think of, you know what I mean. Right. But I know you were talking about just kind of like the way that he makes music kind of like resonated with you. I was curious just to kind of pick your thoughts on on how just like what you appreciated from, cause I
0: know you read his bi- biography, right? I didn't currently reading it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm kind of like, um, I'm not like a Prince aficionado. I'm, I'm very enthusiastic in diving into the spirit. Yeah. Prince. Um, and, uh, and I, and I go through that with different artists, but this is the, the one where the rabbit hole doesn't seem to end. Mm. Like sometimes you, I, I might go through that with some artists that are still amazing. And I still love, but you reach kind of like a rock bottom, um, um, so to speak, or, um, or Prince, it's almost like the, it, it almost grows, the mystery grows, so it's just like, um, you know, not just like, uh, the music he made, but the person that he was, mm. and just how he perceived life, and just how he, you know, he moved through it, but some of the things that I picked up from him, um, just the idea of, like, um. The focus, like, even before I started getting to this current wave of music that I was in and this current appreciation that I have for Prince, previously I still, like, like listen to interviews, like, a, I believe her name is Susie Rogers, his uh engineer from his earlier days at a Sunset Sound or some recording studio. And she'd say that he'd be locked in, like, not just locked in to make a song from beginning to end, but also, like he'd be doing like that what two and a half hour sound check, like I was watching a sound check recently then at the end of this hour and a half sound check, he's like, "All right, let's do it again, and then, <laughs> then the recording ends, <laughs> so he's doing that. I'm hearing he's doing that one, two, three times, mm. and then he's and then he's doing the show and then going to the studio all night, making a song mm. from beginning to end, and then moving on to the next studio, just moving on, yeah, so it's like. A, the idea of that type of energy. That's like a higher octane energy. Um, His deep devotion to God, um, um, which I probably won't get too much into, but just seeing that through my own frame of reference, um, his creative spark. Really going back to having that energy in your back, that battery pack like, I feel like that's something different. That's some type of different kind of divine energy that I am that I appreciate. So it's like, so in this latest run of music that I've been, it's like, you know, like I've been like, you know, sitting there, like I'm just trying to make songs from beginning to end. Um, and I've been there before, but I haven't really been doing that for a couple of years. You know, during the pandemic, I had focused so much on guitar and my ability to play that. I had said to myself, I'm done with recorded music. I just want to do that if you want to hear some of these songs like you can only hear it performed maybe a bit delusional I don't know at the very least dramatic um so this was and I had was working on music with um with uh my my buddy Waju we're still working on a project but that kind of brought me back into making songs. Shout out to Waju he's a really good uh MC. Amazing rapper producer and not just producer of beats but like I call him Quincy Juice because oh, nice. he's like getting people together he's got the contacts getting bands together making music happen nice. not putting his hand on an instrument so he started to pick up guitar type stuff so yeah but uh so we were working on music still are but that kind of opened me up to making music again and and i started softening up to to recording music but um you know just um continuing to develop my own world um you know it was great like listening reading prince's book um um even just uh, recognizing that there's parts of the internal world that's like just for you. You know, sometimes I have a habit of wanting to share stuff for the sake of sharing stuff. Maybe so people can like, I don't know. But like some stuff is just for you. Yeah. And then I think that adds to the person's mystery. Like sometimes you can see in his smile, like he reminds me of the wise man that knows something that he's not telling. Uh, but he's at peace with that. Like he's not like, because a lot of people, they speak, they say a lot of stuff because they want the attention. Especially when it comes to spiritual concepts or this or that, they want people to know that they have spiritual something. But the people that like, there was this uh, Lao Tzu had this book, um, um, the Tao Te Ching, and he said that some like the man, I forget. It's written beautifully, but essentially yeah. like the person that's got something to say is not talking. Right, was what he was saying. I might have said it better. I might write my own Jing. <laughs> 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 step aside let me do this but um but um so like so that had so he had he had a presence about him man even watching his performances like there was some untold parts about him and that's how it should be kept even yeah you know and i don't know there's something special and and it even goes beyond the music yeah um and i you know i don't know i could probably go on very cool um
1: let me ask you about uh What's some of your favorite music that you've made that's available for people to listen to? Because I know you did Quadrants, mm-hmm. you know, a while back. Oh, yeah. Great lessons that. that I've
0: learned in that one. Yeah. Different time I was really learning how to sing and write music because before that I was doing mainly beats and remixes. Mm. And um, so, like, everything is always a progression, but uh, the one that I would say is my favorite yeah. is a God slam It. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 oh. You know, God damn it was like my dad's favorite word. It was, <laughs> was funny to me.
1: <laughs> I, think I, remember, I think I remember that a little
0: bit. When I was yeah. When I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so sometimes it was a bit cheeky. <laughs> I was in my cheekier phase, <laughs> But my favorite part about that project was just the energy behind it. Like I was like, like I was like staying up all night, not getting sleep. I felt like I had energy packed behind my back. Like I felt like it was something good there. Some type of crossroads of what I was up to leading up to that interactions in life where i was up and things just lined up in a beautiful way some stuff i could control some stuff i didn't but sometimes you look back at good moments and try to break them down and see what they were see see if it could be replicated but um so i I was just feeling really inspired yeah and um and i had a lot of energy to to make it and um you know some some really good influences on it um you know it went to places i didn't imagine and it found pockets where people really liked it, but it's got some, like, uh, some smooth, it got some jazz in there, kind of smooth sound, like, uh, (laughs) while I was making it, I was like, one of the songs in particular inspired by, um, by our particular psychedelic, I won't go into, but the name of the song, uh, what was it called? DMT, DMT, but T-E-A, like, I think that's what I called it. So I guess I'm going to go into it, but anyway, um, It was a trip and when I was making the song, I wasn't off it, it was it was months after the fact. But uh while I was making the song, I was like, Man, Orcas. Of course. This (laughs) idea to put Orcas in the background. Yeah. And um when I had the idea it was like, duh (laughs) For some reason it just felt like of course Orcas, of course. it was just just i was just doing things differently it was just a fun time you know i was watching movies like uh like i was watching inception a lot you know um was one of the earlier moments where i was kind of tapping into the world of what inspires me what i write about and dreams was a big part of it um so that's definitely one um that's probably my favorite one and i and i say that to say that i feel like this recent round of music that i'm making is almost like um a similar kind of dose of inspiration you know earlier this year i was listening to that and kind of deconstructing that era see how i can bring it back yeah <laughs> and um you know Yes. you know it's nice when the crossroads meet up yeah that's, i'll leave it at that nice and that's a project that that's released that kind of exemplified that moment cool very cool um of course this wouldn't
1: be a guitar podcast if we didn't talk about your gear oh yeah uh so i'm pretty lame when
0: it comes to gear man <laughs> you am gonna be real disappointed
1: i know you got some cool guitars here
0: that i'm seeing tell, tell, tell me about tell me what you got well i have this uh Fender Stratocaster. try it's uh uh it's a performer what's that the lowest end american oh, okay i forget which one but um i really like that one i learned a lot with that one um when i got it I, had, I was punching above my weight again i had to play at the instrument level, so that gave me something to aspire to and then uh the one that i play most uh most often is this uh guthrie govin uh Charvel, um signature that one was one i definitely was punching above my my weight like even playing it without hitting without other strings is, it's a lot more sensitive but uh how'd you come across that because that's obviously
1: it's a signature model did you what inspired you to to choose that one
0: well i was looking at um another company that made a uh, super strats i was doing research uh i forget their name i'm not good with jackson this, not jackson oh, okay is it? it's not a fender company Okay. really because nice I know Fender
1: owns them, but they're subsidiaries. Right, subsidiary so uh, obviously Charvel, but I don't know. True, that I'm Trying to think be. who else,
0: but you know I forget the name of it, but mm. if I did, I remember. But okay. they had a nice Super Strat in it. Like I wanted to get a higher end guitar that had me like that would inspire me to play above my level and to aspire to. That was when I was looking at something that would be like I can play some like some clean tone. I wasn't looking at distortion all the way, but I knew it offered it. Um but then something happened where I was listening to this Guthrie Govan guy play, and I saw his guitar, and I'm seeing how dynamic it was, and I love clean tones. I'm starting to really dive into more distorted tones. We're uh, later when in my career path I started to, but really I just use that, and um, I plug it into my um, Deluxe Reverb amp. Nice. Um, um, it's real convenient. It's not a tube amp, but it's modeled. It okay. Sounds great. It's light. You can XLR out the back to record it you know, if fire. you don't want to mic it. But I usually just go straight into that. And um, I'd like to start getting into more pedals. I mean, I have this Boss ME50 mm-hmm. I've had maybe for... The multi-effects? Yeah, since Bush was nice.
1: president. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice pedal board, man. That's a good one to take for gigs, especially
0: for traveling. Yeah, sure. Yeah, convenient. Yeah, I
1: used to have um, ME25, the blue one. And that that did a decent job. i was saying about getting the new X uh, Cerberus, which is like multi effects, but it's supposed to be all analog. But oh, that uh, should be better than no. In theory, in theory, I just is my my issue is I I like how your amp is it, it's solid state, but it's not like it's not like a Line Six where it's like. Oh, all your settings are lost, or if you move a knob, all your settings are gone, and you have to reconfigure. Mm. That's why like, I always hated that because I feel like when you're playing live, it's just not reliable. Yeah, so that's why I always go back to Analog. Let me just stomp on the damn effects <laughs> honestly, <laughs> that I want to use,
0: <laughs> and they're honestly always better. Like I usually don't like the amp effects. This one has a good reverb and a good spinny one. You mm. know, for <laughs> spinny ones, you got yeah, yeah. Um, it has, but decent reverb, you know, but um i usually don't like too many effects just like uh, the guitar is really good like i can still get distorted tones without a distortion pedal yeah um because it's got that um was it hsh kind of kind of setup yeah but uh, i'd like to start getting more into pedals to kind of push that kind of clean kind of tone also still get into distorted tones but whatever it is i just noticed with the guitar pedal i have right now sometimes it feels like I lose some of my clarity. Maybe I'm not spending enough time twisting knobs, mm. but I think it's also my lack of patience for certain things. Yeah. You know, cause usually with guitar, like uh, these days I'm, I'm going in it to like, um, like make a song or like produce something or like um, I'm going in there to get something done. Yeah. So. It's important. Yeah. No, I, I, it's important to set it and
1: forget it, especially if you're, you're on a timetable and you're trying to knock something out. And by the time you walk out, you just need to mix it and that's it. Mm-hmm. But everything, all the ideas are already recorded. So that
0: makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. and also sometimes just impatience for certain parts. <laughs> <you know>? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm but starting to get a little bit um, more into that part of the process. I think, you know, I've heard artists say this in the past, just like um, enjoying every part of the process or at least being aware of every part of the process. Cause there's certain parts of the process that I dislike, like that, for example. I think we're we're analyzing, but it's like, uh, you know, every part of the, you know, like uh, one time I was hanging out with a friend. We we're talking about a Ferris wheel, and you can might have one part of the Ferris wheel you like the most, but if like, if that's the only part you can enjoy, then you're suffering for 99% of the Ferris wheel till you get back to that. So it's like you can True. enjoy that part of the Ferris wheel, but if you can't be aware through the rest of it. You know, even a better example is cooking because if you can't be aware through the whole process, you might break a dish or forget to put that thing on simmer. You think about NASCAR or your girlfriend or something like that. Yeah. They ain't burnt the eggs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now look what you did. (laughs) Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. Definitely. Definitely. Cool, man. Well, one of the last things I guess I wanted to ask you is... um, do you know when the next piece of music is coming out that people can look forward to, and maybe how to look for, and how to look for your music to plug your
0: shit? Oh, you can find me on uh, Instagram. Would probably be the best place. Um, Space Monk Ultra, Space Monk Ultra. Um, oh, let me music. let
1: me ask you this because this is just kind of dangling in front of me. What um is there is there an ideology on your your artist name?
0: Oh well, let's see. You know, that's something I'm still working around. You know, Yard is my birth name. And, you know, that was named after, like, a 7th century monk. Um, an Ethiopian monk who, like, made the Ethiopian, like, system of music and stuff. I didn't I was, know that. I was kind of sleeping on it. Like, I did, but it was it's just, like, the first time I was making music, I wasn't using guitar. Like, I was sleeping on what was right in front of my face. So I started with Space Monk. Well, I started with other names. Space Monk came to me just off of... Um, just kind of a place I was in, I kind of, uh, you know, how best to describe it other than uh, just open to new ideas and possibilities of who I am in the world and the universe at large, maybe you could say. Um, So with that said, I guess I want something that launch some more so that identity. But, um, you know, these days, that seems to be kind of like my unspoken kind of part of self, which might be more of the production side. And but um, one name I think I might go with next might be Red Like the Color. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, It sounds kind of nice. This is what I tell Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be pretty easy. Yeah. Or just Red or, uh, you know, you know, you know. I was also experimenting with fake bands mm. and just being like a single identity, but like having like, you know, uh, personas underneath, you know, yeah. like Mad Live, for example, with uh, yesterday's new quintet. Yes, I, you know, that's pretty much that with the name. Nice. Yeah, so.
1: It's cool, man. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, you're my friends. Oh, yeah, new music. Oh, yes, exactly. yes, 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 yeah. So, so, um, so you think find on Instagram is your, is your, uh, the best way to, to, to find me. Yeah. Yeah, so okay.
0: find me soon, Space Monk Ultra. I'm very excited about the stuff I'm working on now. Um, you know, it's turning into an album. Um, you know, it's a nice, it's gonna be a nice experience. Some, uh, stuff that, um, I've never done before um and it's at a level i've never done before too i'm very excited and um check out some stuff and i think the first thing i'm, uh, I'm gonna drop something before the end of the year it was a song i was working on on my iphone um nice. i think it sounds pretty good it's a little cover medley but that's it thank you for having me Drew this has been fantastic
1: yeah man of course dude thank you for doing this uh i, I i've learned uh i've learned uh i've learned more about you and i've you yeah, know we've been friends for almost 20 years so.
0: <laughs> so i did the math it's been like 22 really yeah. Oh shit! crazy crazy yeah. i feel old already hey, amen <laughs> the way time flows there you
1: go there you go well there you have it folks this is Jarrell from the 440 guitar podcast we'll jam again soon and have a good day
0: Today for your love I don't wanna wait today for your love I don't wanna wait today for your love I
1: don't wanna wait today